Oh, no. All right. Well, uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh No with Anna Campion. It's me, your host, Anna Campion. Um, and it's once again, hot, hot, hot here in New York. Um, but I am joined by the lovely Chase. Hi, Chase. Hello. How are I'm you? So happy to be here. I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. We were just chatting about how you're in um, Ohio right now. Yeah, I'm in Ohio. Um, I guess if they're seeing the video, this is a hotel room, not mm -hmm. my home. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been on tour um, doing stand-up across the country, but most of the venues that are open are in the Midwest. So right. the tour has been, I mean, this is my second time in Ohio for the tour. So lots of Ohio, Texas, Omaha, Nebraska, Illinois, you know. Yeah. Seeing the yeah. Midwest. I'm really seeing the Midwest. <laughs> it's flat. It's flat out there. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been surprised. Like, it, it looks the same. It, they've all been lovely. All the all the states have been so lovely, mm -hmm. but there's not much differentiating them. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just texting my roommate asking if they can put earbuds in because <laughs> I can hear their phone playing things. Um, roommate, just huh? just no respect for my art. <laughs> so so how long have you been on tour how long have you been touring for well fun story the tour kicked off in january of 2020 sure so um i i did a few months and then coronavirus happened mm -hmm. as we all have our story of what we were doing in march 2020 right um but I'm the opener for a headliner. So oh, I awesome. get the luxury of just like going where she goes and getting her crowds. And it's, it's really nice being the yeah. opener at this point, no pressure of getting ticket sales, just mm -hmm. get to go along for the ride. So yeah, that tour uh, started in 2020 and then we took a year break and then kicked off again. We slowly started going out on the road again in February. Um, cool. But it was like one show here and there, and now right. it's like picking, picking up. up. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's awesome. That sounds like um, that sounds like a good way to, if nothing else, break the monotony of quarantine and, and uh, staying at home for COVID. But I'm sure I'm sure you're doing an awesome job. I, I watched a little bit of your stand up, and oh, you're, you're very funny. Thank um, you. <laughs> And now you have to prove it okay. <laughs> this episode. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, the podcast is so so you do stand up. Is that is that like your main bag? What else are you up to? Yeah, that's the main bag, but um I mean I I I went to school for theater, so like my sure. toolkit is in acting, singing, and dancing. Very musical theater trained. Um I got into stand-up because um, a big part of my BFA program, they taught us to like create our own work and our senior year was like putting on a one-person show and all right. these like projects where they were just really getting us in the habit of creating our own material. So when I went out in the real world, it was just like, okay, 
I, I was auditioning, but it was like, let me just like do my own thing as a way to not have to rely on being cast in something. Mm -hmm. So I was always doing stand up, like even while I was doing shows that I was in, um, and not TV, like musicals. I did um, some off Broadway in New York and then, um, yeah, I, I put on a, I wrote a two person comedy show, um, that was also New York off Broadway and we got a New York times review. That's my little claim to fame. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, I was, I was proud of that one. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we got a Broadway World Award for that show. So that was really fun. It wasn't stand up. It was more like, um, it was just a musical comedy sketch right. type show. But yeah, when I moved back to LA, I really just focused on stand up because it was um, progress. There were opportunities happening. So I've just been going with it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Are And are you originally from LA? Yeah, I grew up in uh, the suburbs of LA, like, uh, where the Kardashians are from. Oh yeah. Calabasas. Yes. I actually, so I lived in Agora, which is like 10 minutes out, but very similar. Very, very similar Calabasas Calabasas. vibes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, I have never been to LA, but I'm actually going, uh, for Labor Day weekend to, with, uh, my best friend Jillian and I'm going to see some friends that I have oh. out there. Um, and I've also, I've never been, and I, uh, am like my, my goal is to be like a screenwriter. So I was like, you know, I should probably go like CLA at some yeah. point. Considering well, that, um, um, I, I never appreciated LA until I moved to New York. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, LA is really nice because mm-hmm. New York is just tough. So you're going to be like, oh, the weather's nice. <laughs> There's a beach. Like, it's just like yeah. luxury. I think you're really going to like it after doing New York. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I, I love New York. I have no desire to move away from New York, but I also do recognize that, um, it, if if my career goes the way that I want it to go, I will be spending some time in uh, in LA, which is good. I mean, I you know I have friends out there and stuff. It, it seems fun. I like I like seeing celebrities. Yeah, you um, see lots of celebs. Yeah, I, I I think the culture in New York honestly is better. I like that. I always would say when I was in New York, like people moved to New York because they love the craft and the art of what they're doing. Whereas a lot of people move to LA because they want the fame. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the type of people that move somewhere for fame or like, I don't know, I'd rather be with people that are like, I just really love the craft and the yeah. art and all that. It's, you know, that's New York. Yeah. Artists. Well, and, and I mean, as like a musical theater person, like New York really is like the spot for all of that. You gotta so. be in New York. Yeah. Either that or like the West End in London. Yeah. And oh, I, I love London. Yeah. I haven't I, I haven't been. Um, but this is so uh my best friend Julian, who I've mentioned, her older yes. sister Olivia got married yesterday. Congrats, Olivia and Theo. And um my Jillian was telling me, Oh yeah, Theo's brother couldn't be here because he is a dancer in the West End. Like he does a bunch of shows in the West End and he's trying to move to New York. And I'm like, Well, that's cool. <laughs> that's like Balls. talk about talk about making it like 
Um, I, I got into the show Love Island recently. <gasps> um, I, I've been told for years that like I would love it. Yeah. And I finally watched it and I, I did just love it. Mm-hmm. And so I started a new season and they were introducing the cast. And one of the girls was like, I've been on Mamma Mia and like whatever <laughs> other show on the West End. And I was like, I've I been like on Mamma Mia and <laughs> Oliver Twist and <laughs> yeah. whatever like, the fuck. She's going to be one of my favorites on the show. Love that. Yeah. Um, I love it when um, like people who are like in showbiz go on these reality shows and then it gets like uncovered and everyone's like, um, excuse me and I'm like come on like everyone's there to get famous like let's I not you say you're a bachelor fan so did I you am... see the whole Greg debacle with Katie calling him out okay so Tell me. here's what I will say I think Greg's an asshole I don't think he necessarily was there to like gain actor acting experience I do think he was probably so here's the tea on Greg oh my god Greg Tim. Greg has been casted has been casted or nearly casted twice before going on Katie's season. He auditioned for Hannah Brown's season and he got cast for Claire and, uh, and he made it far, but like he, they ended up being like, no, you're not like, Uh, so he's been wanting this for a while. He got cast for Claire and Tasha's season, but then like when all of the stuff with, uh, Matt James and Claire on Twitter went down and they like kind of revamped the casting. He got tossed because he was too young. He's like 26. Um, but he was on the original cast list for Claire and Tasha. Oh my God. I didn't know this tea. I can't believe yeah. that. So I think, here's what I think about Greg. Do I think Greg's okay. a bad guy? No. Okay. Do I think that Greg is like probably like a traumatized guy who hasn't dealt with his trauma and it comes out with like, really awful defense mechanisms yeah like I so when Katie like when Katie was going in on all the acting stuff I was like I I mean I don't know if I'm there with you Katie but like honestly if I was in Katie's shoes hear me out yeah and I had just re-watched my breakup with someone who I really thought like was the person for me and they had treated me the way Greg treated Katie during that breakup and then like we had like watched it simultaneously and then i see the person go yeah no i love how i handled that no regrets i wouldn't change a thing i would also go for the jugular i like a fucking like a like a feral raccoon mm-hmm. i would lose it i would lose it and seeing her mom and aunt on the other mm-hmm. um you know how they treated blake like she has that in her oh yeah oh so, yeah she went for it yeah. I loved it. It was such good TV, but yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Okay. Well, thank you. I've, I've, I have, um, a lot of people who in my life who are team Greg and I'm working, oh. I'm working through that. <laughs> my problem is I could tell from the beginning, I was like, he's fake. Cause I think when you're that good on camera, you know what you're doing. There's well, like and, a- yeah. There was a bunch of, um, like, um, uh, Chatty Broads, which is a podcast that I listen to. They do really good bachelorette recaps. Um, Becca Martinez was on Ari's season and she's one of the co-hosts. Um, it was like that them. And then like all the, like, you know, bachelor spoiler accounts, whatever. 
they were saying they got like a bunch of DMs about how like it, girls who had dated Greg in the past were like, he is not this like shy guy. Like he's super confident. He's super cocky. And he's just like playing it up for the camera, which I totally believe. And again, I'm not saying like, you know, if I was on TV, like I, like I am a raging lesbian and I have considered what if I played straight and tried to go on the bachelor for, for shiggle, you know, like it's, I don't, I don't fault him for like being fake or whatever. Like that's the nature of reality television, mm-hmm. but I do fault him for being a manipulative asshole. Yeah. Cheers. There Cheers we go. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. I feel like this turned into a bachelor episode recap I, show. I could talk about it for hours and it was really funny. So I, I only got into the bachelor, um, like I got into it at the tail end of Hannah Brown's season because Ooh, like a great season. Yeah, because she was getting, you know, like I kept seeing everything, everything like on Twitter and you know, saying like Hannah Brown is really cool. Like we should, you know, go Hannah, especially with all the Luke P stuff. And so I kind of got into it at like the tail end of that. And also everyone was obsessed with Tyler Cameron, which I mean tracks. Because oh, yeah. look at him. I mean, gee, Adonis. Um <laughs> So like I watched all the like after the final rose and the men tell all from that season. And I was like, I think I could like want to get into this show. Like this show seems kind of interesting. And mm-hmm. so I started watching Peter's season, which was a train. Oh, what a bummer of a season. What? Um, <laughs> but I will, I will say uh, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, like I have a couple group texts about the bachelor or whatever. And one of them, during the hometowns episode with um from this season everyone one of my friends sent like you know she was like man remember victoria fuller like she really brought the drama to hometowns and i'm like if there's one thing i can say about victoria fuller is that she was fun to watch on on television but um but yeah so i got into it then and so then i got into it like right before you know covid and then all the chris harrison shit went down and so when all of that went down, my dad, you know, bless him. He, my dad is one of these guys where like, you mentioned that you are interested in something once. And then he like, you know, Hey dad, I really like white claws. So then whenever I come home, there's always like four packs of white claws for me or whatever. Or, and, and, or like, Oh, I, you know, I, you know, the college I went to, he always made sure to keep up with like the football team for that college. So he was like, Oh, I know you watched the bachelor. There was something on NPR about Chris Harrison. And I literally for like 30 minutes walked him through what was happening. And and he was just like, "Mm -hmm. great. But, (laughs) but I was like, that's love because you know what my dad doesn't give a shit about the bachelor host. (laughs) Oh, I always say like, I just, I think the bachelor franchise because it really has brought so many of my friends that I wouldn't have kept in touch with together. Mm -hmm. Like we will text about it. We will do a viewing party together or watch Mm -hmm. it on zoom together. And like, it really has kept like a lot of friends going, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, would so, you ever try to be on like a Bachelorette or Love Island thing? Um, what's so funny, I actually heard you talk about this 
I so badly wanted to be a PA on The Bachelor. Right. I reached out to producers of the show. I I sent in a tape, not an audition tape, to be a contestant. <laughs> I sent in a tape asking to be a PA. Mm-hmm. Um, never heard a thing. So I'd, I gave I just up think, on it. <laughs> I mean, I could only do it for one season, I think. And I think I would get the behind the scenes. Like I, and I just want to be that like friend in the pictures. Like, yeah, I know them, but I'm just like behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. No, it's like, um, well, and you, and you're part of like an evil machine, but you're such a small part that you, you just kind of like get a glimpse behind the curtain and then you're gone. At this point, the contestants know what they're signing up for. I mean, there's been, like the show unreal i mean once that came out we all knew what was going on so well yeah and i mean and colton sucks but he basically went on like a one-man crusade to completely expose the show where is this where can i find it well he did a this american life episode about it no Um, he didn't yeah he did i didn't know this i'm gonna listen right after this um he did So obviously I don't support Colton now because he uh, stalked Cassie after Cassie broke up with him. Stalked her? Stalked. Like oh, he yeah, was, stalked. Yeah. And he put, yeah. Like, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. It was Bad vibes. Yeah. Um, I did buy his book because I am writing a screenplay based on The Bachelorette. And I, so I bought it, I bought it used. I bought it for research purposes. Oh my um, God, I can't wait to see your screenplay. Thank you. I'll be watching. It's, 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 it's early doors. It's, it's early yeah. days. Oh, it's just, it. you know, I, I always got a bajillion things going on and my therapist thinks it's because I'm afraid of finishing things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe uh, that's what I, maybe I have a problem with that too. I was like, I think, I think it's a perfectionist thing. It is. Um, it's gotta be because you like have this idea in your head and then if you finish it and it doesn't live up to that idea, then it's a fail. And like, then I may as well toss doing... myself off the Brooklyn Bridge. Like, Mine I as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I've completely failed. Um, but if you don't finish it, it can still in your head live up to this idea that it's mm-hmm. great. That's what yeah. I. That's my problem. Yeah. 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 Well, that's kind of the beauty of um, stand up. I feel like it's like a pretty um, instant tell on if your ideas are good or not. I mean, talk about embarrassing stories. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I'm, uh, it's not even what I'm going to talk about today, but like, just the fact getting up there and telling something you think is funny and then Mm -hmm. nobody laughing, humiliating. I've done stand up twice um, when I was in college. And the first time I did it, roaring success. I was like, I am the next Joan Rivers. Like, I am so good at this. Um, And then the second time I did it, it was like, um, there was some like, you know, pride event that like the, you know, the, I think I, I'm trying to think of this point. It was called the Lambda Alliance or the Rainbow Coalition, but whatever the fuck was hosting. And one of my friends was like planning it. And so I, she was like, would you want to like, you know, do like some stand up stuff? And I was like, yeah, sure. Sure. I'm gay. And, um, <laughs> It was supposed to be like outside in like the college. I went to William and Mary and we famously have the sunken gardens and that was where it was supposed to be. Um, But it was like rainy and shitty. So they put it inside um, in, I'm not kidding, the place with the worst acoustics in the world. 
it sounds like you're in a cave and um it was really loud because there were a bunch of like clubs set up and there were a bunch of people there and so I had to do like a 10 minute set and just like everyone was talking and like no one could really hear me and I like I powered through and the reason I powered through is because I had some I had like a couple of like I, who are still my very good friends who came and like sat like front and center and were like laughing like really hard at everything I said. Oh, uh, thank which goodness. Yeah, I mean, thank God. Because I mean, it was it was like the worst conditions to do any sort of performance. Like, and even yeah. the people who came on after me, there were a couple of people who did like, you know, the singing and playing guitar, or whatever. And it was just like, it was just like a terrible place to be performing at all do the singing because I did a show where it was like all singers and then they had me do stand up so everyone is like feeling like they're at a a concert or the music's just in the background Mm -hmm. and everybody's talking and me and then you like demand you're like I need you I need you to And everyone still thinks they're talking and mingling and just someone's talking in the background and it is you, the singers, at least it's more comfortable to be playing with yeah. people mingling. Well, and like everyone, everyone can be mingling and then you hear like a song in and everyone's just like, oh yeah, I yeah. didn't hate that. That was good. Yeah. Like you're at but, a restaurant, music is playing. Like mm-hmm. it's part of the vibe, but with stand up, it's like, you have to, it's um, Okay, so you were like a musical theater person, so you might feel differently. I get like really intense secondhand embarrassment by from earnestness. Um, <laughs> like um, particularly from like um, singers and stuff who are trying really hard. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you mean like you're embarrassed for them. Well, it's not even like I'm embarrassed for them because like they're, it could be like, they could be doing really well. It's like, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so earnest. And it doesn't make sense because I love going to concerts. I love music. So like, it doesn't make sense, but it's like something about when I see, like, it could be someone, it could be my best friend in the entire world. And they could be like, oh, I'm singing at this thing. And I'd be like, like, like clench for impact. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I also feel that way about when a friend tells me they're doing stand up. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. no, here we go. Yeah. yeah. Because that you have to fake the laughs. Excuse my phone. I need to turn that on silent. Um, no, listen, I get it. You got, you got, you got, a, you're on a big time tour. You got people wanting to hit you up. <laughs> it's I my get dad. It. He's <laughs> I'm also, um, I'm a very big people pleaser. So um, even if I don't know the person, they're singing an earnest song and nobody's listening, I'll like go straight up front, like, keep going. Like, yes, you're doing so good. Like, I just want to make sure they know, like, it's okay. Someone's listening and Mm -hmm. it's so exhausting. It is. Because it's not, I want to be mingling too. But I feel like I have to be that person in the room that lets them know someone's here. Yeah. I, um, yeah, no, it was, it's just like, there were, especially in college, um, you know, it's college. So everyone, everyone like, you know, go, yeah, we're going to have things where people can go up on stage and sing and stuff. And so every once in a while, like one of my good friends would go 
and I would go to it. And I had friends in acapella, obviously. I went to a liberal arts school. I never minded when they did it because I had like already seen them perform in a different setting. But like my friends who I knew in a different context who then were like, oh, I'm gonna do this song. I like would, I would like, I just like look down at my lap. And then when the song ended, I'd be like, that was really good. But like, I can't, I don't know. It's something about it. It's, I can't do it. Um, are you an oldest child for chance? No, oh. I'm the youngest. You're the youngest, a youngest people pleaser. That's interesting. Yes. Oh, really? Is the oldest usually a people pleaser? In my experience, yeah, I'm the oldest. Um, okay. my, my sister is a contrarian, like in, she's the youngest and she's a oh. contrarian in a very true sense. And, and my, my sister is far less a people pleaser than I mm-hmm. am. Um, so I would say I would think the youngest, you, you know what, maybe it's just our personalities. Well, what's your, uh, what's your my sign? astrological? Pisces. Scorpio, water sign. Water sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll, that'll mm-hmm. do that'll it. That'll do it. <laughs> that'll yeah. do in, it. In tune with other people. Yeah. And my sister is a Taurus. So she's just like super stubborn. So yeah. like if I told her like, um, <laughs> it's really funny uh my, my I keep mentioning her but my, my best friend in the world Jillian um my sister adores her like um you know would would walk over hot coals to to do whatever Jillian wanted and so whenever my sister comes to me like she had like um <laughs> She had like fashion questions, which is always interesting when she comes to me about that because she like notoriously thinks I don't have any style. Um, But uh, I was telling her like, I don't think, like she was talking about how she like wanted to get into a lot of like teals. And I was like, no, absolutely. Are you 70? No. And she was like, no, I think it's cute. And so then I made a group text with Jillian and I was like, hey, let's get Maggie away from teals. And as soon as Jillian was like, yeah, no teals. Then she was like, okay, no teals. Aww, so it's like, she, loves Jillian. she does, she does. Sweet. Well, and Jillian's a Virgo. So maybe um, it's something there with like the earth signs. Uh-huh. Um, but it's yeah. kind of like, and my brother is also actually a Virgo. So it's like, whenever I tell them, like, like, for example, when I went to the college I went to, it was like they both crossed it off their list. They were like, nope, we're never going to go there. Mm. That sort of mm. thing. But yes, yes. I do love them. And <laughs> I think they like me. <laughs> they definitely do. Mm-hmm. Should they look up to you too? Uh, I think so. I think yeah. so. I think I think um, now that I'm like a functioning adult, I think they're very like, oh. I mean, I heard you have an office. I really know a lot about. I'm in my office. Your podcast, yeah. I'm in my office. That's a big deal. This this apartment is not even two thousand a month in total. And you have a roommate. Yeah. So you split that. Mm Mm-hmm. Bed sty. Bed sty. Beds. My apartment in. Bed sty. I was in Bushwick. That's where I was. Sure. Very familiar. And gentrification great, nation great out prices, there in Bushwick. Great prices. But then I was part of me and my sister were living together and we actually got kicked out of our apartment because landlords came in 
they bought the apartment building. We're going to jack up the prices and they paid us to leave because they wanted to just like get everyone out of that building so they could make a ton more money. Yeah. They want to get back to LA. They want to get all the yuppies in none of these young creatives. Yeah. They needed a lot more money coming into that building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Good price while it lasted. And I'm sure the building is now like, you know, they have, you know, you know how you, you lived here, you know, exactly what the gentrification apartment buildings look like. They're all like, you know, (laughs) they take away all the character from the outside and they just make it like flat, like green and black. And then they do like Sam Seraph huge letters, like 679 Monroe or whatever the fuck. (laughs) And and then you look and it's like everything's made out of like fucking like plywood. And it's like, so yeah, this is $4,000 a month for this one bedroom. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you guys don't even have a pool. Like, what do you mean it's 4000 a month? Well, and then I'm here in Ohio and going around the Midwest and you can get like a home for 300 yeah. a month. Like, it's yeah. just so different New York and yeah. LA compared to the rest of our country. So. Yeah, I was a I was a PA on a film set once, and the camera. A lot of PA work. Yeah, yeah. It's it. um. I mean, I hate it, but go on. <laughs> no, I um, this one it was my first ever PA gig, and I got it because I was I had had like a doctor's appointment or something uh, near Union Square, and I was walking through talking to my dad on the phone, and then I saw a film set, and so I was like dad, let me call you back. And then I went up to the most official looking person and I was like, Hey, do you guys like need help? I, I don't have anything going on. And then they, and then I was a PA for like a month. That was literally, I would try to do that every time I walked by a film set in New York, I would like walk slowly by like, maybe I'll get discovered. (laughs) Discovered as a PA. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, it no, never happened. I can't believe that is, that's a fluke. That's like you being discovered by a modeling agent in Ralph style seven. Like you yeah. got the, just like this PA opportunity. That is wild. Granted it was like an independent film, so I didn't get paid anything, but it was oh. when I just moved up to New York and I had a two day a week internship and they were like, yeah, if you come, like, we'll give you like your food for free and it's a good way to make connections. And like, we won't be mad mm-hmm. if you don't get like, it good was just experience. like, yeah, so I did that. But um, the camera, like the DP on this, he was like, um, he was asking me like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I want to be a screenwriter. And he was like, well, you know, like uh, New York rent is like so high, you know, you could just be writing like out in like, you know, Portland in a cottage for like 400 a month. And I'm like, okay, but then, but then I wouldn't be in New York. Like that's kind of the point of being in New York is to be in New York. Like that guy I, was jaded. That guy was jaded. Well, that guy was also very like pro West Coast. He was very on Team LA of LA versus New York, um, which I get. You know, everyone has their loyalties, but um, <laughs> but Portland is in LA. No, it's not. It's so, so it's like I feel like it's like. Um, Portland is to LA what like Boston is to New York, I feel mm. like, where everyone is kind of like, yeah, when I got tired of LA, I just moved up to Portland. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've never been to Portland, so I'm going to have to go. I know I'd I don't have I. I haven't been to the West Coast, actually, mm. ever. 
you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's I mean, not to I, like? What's not to like? Yeah. It's, I mean, you'll have a good time, but yeah, there's like, like you're a New Yorker. You're a New Yorker, but it, it'll be a nice little like, oh, breath of fresh air and then back to yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm like, a, I'm like Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when mm. Ferris was like, if you put a piece of coal in his mouth, it would come out a diamond a few days later. Mm. That's, that's me. <laughs> um, so anyhow, I mean, how fun to just chit chat, but let's get down to the bones of it. Let's get to the thesis oh, of this so podcast. Excited. Okay. So, yeah. You said you, you have a list of embarrassing stories, oh, but my God. Yeah. I won't make I you go through the entire list, but you get to pick and choose baby. Well, I always say if I were to write a book, it, you know, the series of unfortunate events, by mm-hmm. Lenny Snicket, my, my series would be a series of embarrassing events because nice. that's just been my life. Yeah. And that is why I do believe I've gotten into comedy and why I have a sense of humor because like, I've just had so many embarrassing things happen to me. And like my sister, I say, London, what's, what's your most embarrassing story she's like I don't have one and I'm just like what I just don't even understand people that have with a name with a name like London (laughs) I know I mean you don't get you you give up your right to shame she's really cool and she's a street artist she just hasn't gone through what I go through okay (laughs) so I mean you mentioned Ferris Bueller that's high school what a great segue um a great segue So like just a little backstory of these, why things were embarrassing for me. I was, I was not cool. Like I did grow up, um, we were talking about the Kardashians, like a lot of the girls at my school, like those were the type of people I was going to school with. Just very like, you know, superficial and just like, this is, it's all about just like being really popular. Yeah. I did not fit in with that group at all. Like later in life, being a theater major and like being with my type of people. It tracks. Like, oh, it that's tracks. Who I, that's who I relate to. It tracks to. that you didn't um, fit in with the yes. University of Southern California comms majors. Yes. So I just wasn't, I wasn't popular. I just was so different. And I also was so innocent. So I was like, watching Disney Channel all the way through high school instead of like the shows high schoolers were watching. So I just like didn't know things. So that's a lot of what my stand-up touches on, but like mm-hmm. let's talk about this is the first one I wrote down. Just an easy one to get us in. Mm-hmm. Um I was late to school a lot and um just because my first class was at 6 a.m. I did zero. Oh my, Jesus Christ. I was late all the time. Anyways, I was always getting detention. Um, So I had, (laughs) for being late, and I had to go to Saturday detention, but I couldn't do it because I was in the Nutcracker. I was Clara in the Nutcracker. It was big role, big role. And my mom like showed up at detention with me and was like, Chase has rehearsal. Like we have to go. So anyways, they gave me a special detention because I couldn't make 
Saturday detention. So this is a made up detention just for me Mm -hmm. that nobody at Agora High knew was detention. It just was me after school for like two hours for about a couple months, me driving around with the custodian, picking up trash and cleaning the school. But like nobody knew it was detention. People just thought I hung out. They just thought I hung out with the custodian and was like buds. And that was my friend. I'm sure I'm sure was was lovely. But I mean, because I also like, again, I wasn't like one of the popular kids. Like people didn't really know. They were like, oh, there's that weird girl, (laughs) you know, with the custodian after school. That was like my. That feels (laughs) like the punishment outweighs the crime. It does. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. And I used to do this thing where I like, I was like, oh, let me wave at people. And I'd be waving in the golf cart, (laughs) riding around just because I didn't know what to do everyone's like back no one would wait back hey so anyways that was the um that's crazy that they made you do that I know I feel like that when when were you in high school um this was like 2006 okay I graduated 09 I'm I'm a bit older than you only a bit um (laughs) I feel like that would never happen today like that would never be a punishment. <laughs> like around with the custodian. Yeah, but, I mean, imagine the liability if, like, I mean, on the less serious end, if, like, you know, you got injured in the golf cart, let's say, or you got like yeah. an, an infection from so the right. trash. <laughs> on the more serious end, imagine if the custodian was a creep. Yeah, you're right. How they couldn't just put me with a guy that they don't know anything about. Well, they no. Might know about him but yeah well I mean sure they do a background check but I mean that only picks up what's been convicted I just you're so right it wouldn't happen today how cruel like they would I mean like I mean thank god nothing like bad happened to you or whatever but like had you even gotten like had you had like a cut on your finger and gotten some sort of staph infection from some piece of trash god you'd be a millionaire (laughs) you you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to do anything Oh my god, that's so true. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for having me back. I might go back to Agora High and give them a piece of my mind. I think um, I think you should. They'd be like, I'm who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so long ago. We just don't they oh, they would have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. The stories from Agora High. I mean, this is where it all started. Did you so, go to school with any like celeb kids? Kinda like um Jonathan Lipnicki, who was Stuart Little. Oh. Or like, you know, the boy in Stuart Yeah, Little. yeah, yeah. He's like Jax now. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Um, good for him. He's so sweet. He came out with a, like, article about how he was super unhappy in high school and, like, felt like he had no friends and was being bullied and all this stuff. And I wrote, I wrote to him just being like, oh, my God, Jonathan, I had no idea. Yeah. I was going to do such a similar thing. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, there was someone else who hated Agora High. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so during this same, or do you want another one or is that? Oh, of course I want another one. Okay, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So I was obsessed with the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Now, sure. Were you a Zach girl or a Cody girl? Zach, all the way. Yeah. But I, 
like I said, I'm a bit older than you. So like, I'm sure you were watching it in elementary school. I was watching it in high school, which mm -hmm. again, nobody, I had pictures of them on my binder. Like I would collage a sweet life of Zach and Cody. That is interesting because I'm pretty sure they're my age. No, they're, they're not. They are 29 and I'm 30. Oh, are they really? Yeah. They're only a year. They're like a year and a change younger than me. So it's not so oh. weird. Okay. Yeah. Because, because, um, you know, that's really interesting because let me hold on because I know that one of them dated, uh, Diana Silvers when she was at NYU and she's my age. She's like 23. Oh. Um, so yeah, look it up. Yeah, he's let's, 20. Let's yeah. They're 29. Yeah. Oh, I then know. that's they, a little weird. had a birthday a couple weeks ago. Or <laughs> I celebrated. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, come into your arena and uh, no, try and upstage your knowledge of Zach I and just, I, I know their favorite ice cream flavor. <laughs> I knew where they lived because they were Valley Boys. Mm -hmm. So I would, like, pretend walk my dog by their house. Like, it just was an, it was a true obsession. Mm -hmm. um, but again, an obsession where, like, it was kind of odd to be that obsessed with Disney Channel. It's way less weird now that I know that they're actually like your age. Okay. Because when I thought that they were my age, I was like, okay, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we fact checked that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was, I'd still be older than them. And especially like when I was 15, you know, like they were 13 and a half, which is a big difference at that time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I bring up 15 because for my 15th birthday, I went to a taping of The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And um, this is how you know I was way too old to be there. They, they had a host come out and warm up the crowd to get everyone going. Yeah, sure. And um, the, the host goes, everybody in Paris school. <laughs> <laughs> everybody in kindergarten oh, no <laughs> going through every grade everybody in first grade oh no <laughs> like, all the little kids are like yeah i'm just like oh no oh no i'm gonna have to stand up and he's like finally gets to, he's like high school and i stand up just like here i am um, so that was embarrassing just to like <laughs> round out this story full circle. I was like 19. Yeah. Cause they were, they were going to NYU um, and they had their graduation or like their goodbye party. And I had a friend that was on sweet life on deck. So she, mm -hmm. she knew them. And um, she knew that they had held a very special place in my heart a few years prior. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like, do you want to come with me to their going away party? And I just, I, mean, I nearly died. Of course. Right? Of course you do. So I was like, oh my God, I hope they don't remember me from the taping. Like, that would be so embarrassing. I have to play it cool. I have to like pretend like, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. this is no big deal. It was like the biggest day of my life. And I show up to the party 
And I tell you, I'm just like vibing with Dylan and Cole. Yeah. So we get in the jacuzzi. There's a group of people in the jacuzzi. I'm living my best life. I've got Dylan right here, Cole right here. And I'm just like- You're living out a dream. Yeah, I'm living out a full dream. And, you know, I'm just like being like, oh, yeah, you went to AC Style. Yeah, I have friends that went there. Like, I just, you know, I played it cool. Mm -hmm. I get out of the jacuzzi and I'm like in the bathroom, like drying off. And I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, what's what's wrong with my face? My eye, just like a singular eye, had swollen to the size of a potato. Like this has never happened in my life. I don't know what allergic reaction happened, but my eye was huge. It was like, uh, it, it really was like a potato. And I like, my hair was wet and I put like two little strands in front of it. I'm like, oh my God, was I just sitting in a jacuzzi with Dylan and Cole with the most confidence I've ever had with <laughs> with one on each arm. Yeah, literally like this a with golf like, ball. Hey boys, and my eyes just huge. And I like I go out and I tell my friend, I'm like, oh my God, like I think my eyes swollen. And she's like, Yeah. Like, yeah, we all saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my and no one told me. <laughs> Nobody said a word they were probably too embarrassed for me and i like <laughs> got out of there so fast i wish at the time i had the sense of humor to take a picture of it for like proof that this was so humiliating but i just remember i like gave dylan a hug like side hug so he wouldn't mm-hmm. see my eye and i was like bye i mean i don't i don't know if i would have had the sense of humor as a 19 year old with <laughs> you know my celebrity crush i was so sad i was in the car just like Oh my God, I just had a swollen eye acting as if I was the coolest person in the world. But that was my full circle sweet life. Honestly, they probably admired your confidence. <laughs> they were probably like, they were probably like, you know what? This girl doesn't give a shit. And we kind of yeah. vibe on that. I think they were like, what's wrong with this girl? I also at one point spilled red wine on their white cushion and I flipped. I just did a little flip of a cushion. Well, that's fine. So nobody knew it. Well, Dylan and Cole, if you're listening. (laughs) That was me. Yeah. Give Chase a chance. (laughs) She's ready. Um, That's my sweet life story. Um, That is tough. That's just really tough. That's just like, that was just like the universe intervening, saying like, this isn't the path that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Not yet. <laughs> Which is a, yeah, we, you gotta, we gotta get you a couple more years down the road. Um, <laughs> well, I guess Cole's single, right? I think he is now. I, I'm not into Cole. I'm into Dylan still. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Dylan's dating that model. I was just, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know. Thank you. I know. No, we're good. I think one day I'll see them again. It'll be a, another full circle. And it'll, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll retrace the circle, hopefully without yeah. the, the swollen eye. Um, yeah, that's tough. I haven't, I mean, I mean, you're, you're, you like grew up in LA. So I met you. Do you get like starstruck really easily? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do too. I, um, 
I think I've said, I've told this on the podcast before, but one time I saw Tilda Swinton walking out of 30 Rock when I was going to the, to MoMA. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and BT dubs just as at the real in person. I mean, like looking at like a, like a, like a ghost gazelle. I mean, yeah. just like, uh, just, she draws your eye to her. And I literally like stopped in my tracks in the middle of Midtown and was just like mouth open looking at her. And she made eye contact with me and she just goes like, like saying like, I am Tilda Swinton. (laughs) And I was just like, okay. And then I just had to like go about my day. Like I wasn't just like blessed by an angel. Oh my gosh. But so, but you didn't do any like, were you like, hi, blah, 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 blah. you just like, you get no, me. I was just, I was just like, a st- I was like, um, you know, that kid in the Incredibles on his tricycle who the bubble gum pops after Mr. Incredible lifts up the car and then puts it back down. Mm-hmm. That was what I was that kid. And, and Tilda that. Swinton was Mr. Incredible. Oh, well, I mean this, I didn't even have this story written down, but this is an embarrassing celebrity story that um, if we have time, I'll share one yeah, more. Of course. My PA job, I was, I, I did two seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So season 10, this past, not past season, the one before it, um, my job was taking care of Larry David. So mm-hmm. as a comedian and like someone that I like, I really just think very, highly of Larry David and like Mm -hmm. what a legend he's been doing comedy longer than I've been alive and like I had never PA'd before and they put me in the job of taking care of him like they high stakes high stakes really shouldn't have because I didn't know what I was doing and um the note I was given like from day one was just like you need to know where he is at all times you cannot lose sight of him like, and I took that very seriously. So I followed him around. Like, I just knew where he was at all times. So if like on walkie, they were mm-hmm. like, we need Larry. I'm like, you got it. And um, I'm very socially awkward, especially with celebrities. So like, I never knew like, does he want a small talk? Does mm-hmm. he not? Like, so I was really weird around him. I'd be like, how's your day, Larry? And he wouldn't respond. And yeah. then we'd be walking in silence. And then yeah. I'd be just like freaking out. It mm-hmm. just was so awkward. So anyways, eventually he goes and has a chat with um, the AD. And he goes, um, can you tell Chase to stop following me around so much? That's me. He had to go talk to my boss to tell them to have me stop mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing. And he had even asked me, are you stalking me? And I said, no, ah, no, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> so anyways, I get this feedback. I'm like, oh my God, how terrible. But I still have to know where he is at all times. So I, I get this note and then I have to go like knock on his trailer door to be like, we're ready for you in five minutes. I still had to like watch to see like when he was getting out of his trailer. So mm-hmm. like I could be like, he's walking to set. So I found a bush and I stood behind the bush like a true stalker <laughs> and I waited and he gets out of his trailer and he's walking 
it wasn't a good hiding spot. He <laughs> sees me standing behind the bush and we just lock eyes mm-hmm. and just make eye contact. Mm-hmm. And we're just. Just two like, comedians looking just, at each other. We're just looking at each other as he's walking <laughs> by me and he doesn't say anything and I don't say anything. And I could have been like, oh, that's that's where I left my phone. And like, yeah, yeah. Minute, like what am I doing behind the bush? We just looked at each other. Um, and uh, just so embarrassing. Just so embarrassing. Wow. Those are so the, he found out I he didn't know I was a comedian. Um, <laughs> not that that was me being funny, like he but he didn't know I did comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to leave work early a few times to do stand up shows. And so I had like done a stand up competition one night that I had to go leave for and I ended up winning it. And the my boss was like being a nice guy and walking me around to like everyone being like, mm-hmm. Chase won the competition. Oh. Mm-hmm. And he walks me over to Larry and goes, Chase won a stand-up competition. And Larry's face, you have never seen someone so concerned in their life <laughs> for somebody. He like couldn't believe that I did stand-up because of how awkward I was around him <laughs> and how weird I was. He was just like, you do stand up and you're good at it and you won a competition he couldn't believe it and someone took a picture of him finding out like looking at me like his Mm -hmm. face is in shock because of how um awkward our interactions were Um, that's yeah that's hilarious so i worked this past season season 11 that's not out yet and they did not have me as that job Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I interacted with him. Less. Yeah, I think <laughs> might have been a might have been a good call. Yeah, on the uh, on the eighties part or whoever organized mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, that would overwhelm me too. That would be like a lot yeah. for me. It's the small talk. It's the I the they put me with like I'm with Vince Vaughn and Jonah Hill and Isla Fisher and John Hamm and like it's literally overload of all these like people that I just see on TV and Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to make small talk with them. I'm supposed to just act like I don't love these people. Right. It is so, it was too much. It was too much for me. They needed Mm -hmm. someone that didn't care that they were. Yeah. They needed like, um, oh yeah. Like, you know, my best friend is Kendall Jenner or whatever. Like they needed one of. There are people that like, oh, they're a celebrity, whatever. They're no better. I am whereas I'm like <gasps> yeah bow down to you no yeah. I'm fully I'm fully the same way maybe one day I'll get over it probably won't um but yeah um oof. Man. Oof. yeah well Chase I think uh I think I mean that's quite the story to wrap it up on that's um <laughs> just Larry David requesting you not to follow him anymore you should have seen my list when I, when you're like come prepared with embarrassing stories. I mean, there's going to, I could fill up four episodes here. Well, you are, you are more than welcome to come back anytime. You've been a very excellent guest and I'm always, I'm always running on a deficit of guests. So whenever you want to come back on, you let me know. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, uh, please plug yourself to my captive audience. Where can everyone find you? And I know you're in the Midwest right now. I'm not sure about my demo in the Midwest, but please tell people. <laughs> um, I, my Instagram is Chase underscore O'Donnell, and that's where I post stuff. So, you know, my website's linked there that has Mm -hmm. all my show dates and um, I'm coming to New York. I'm doing Caroline's, but um, I don't know the exact date, but yeah, it'll be on my website. And um, that's it. Chase O'Donnell. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put those links in the show notes. Um, Okay. And Chase, uh, thank you. Like I said, thank you for being a guest. I'll be sending you some stickers as a as a as a thank you, as a oh humble gosh. token of my appreciation. If you are not Chase and you want stickers, there's a very simple Patreon. Way. Patreon, baby. And the link is in is going to be in the uh, link tree in the show notes. Um, it's three bucks a month. You get stickers. I'm going to come out. I'm, I'm working on a new sticker design um, inspired by all of the White Claw reviews I've been doing um, and my perpetual love of White Claw. Um, White Claw, please do sponsor me if you're listening. Um, I would love to wear your hat and your t-shirts <laughs> and drink your product. Um, but yeah, Patreon. And if you can't commit to a monthly thing, that's totally cool. Um, if you donate anything to the coffee, which the link is also in the link tree, then I will also send you a sticker. Um, we are at Ono the Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I post clips sometimes to uh, my personal TikTok at I am the Campion three, which is fucking annoying because I'm I am the Campion everywhere else. But yeah, fucking TikTok. already had it. And I'm like, who? I hate TikTok. I. I I know. I know. Uh, anyway. Um, so, and then I personally am at, I'm the champion on Twitter and Instagram. So follow me there if you would like, um, other than that, if you are listening specifically on Apple podcasts, please make sure to rate and review boost us in the algorithm. Um, and makes it more likely that white clock can sponsor me and that who knows, maybe Larry David can hear (laughs) this episode and be like, you know, I always liked chase. I just, (laughs) (laughs) She just, you know, she was a, she was just always on my tail. I don't know. I can't do a Larry calm David. Down a bit. It needs to calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Which don't we all. Um, so yeah, Chase, thank you so much again. And to everyone else, I will catch you on the flip. Huge thank you to all of my amazing patrons, Grace Murray, Alana Coleman, Kira Sears, Jillian Townsend, Schaefer Nelson, Clay Moyhan, Haley Pregnall, Caroline Phelan, Stephen B and Davidson Norris. You guys are absolutely amazing. You're the reason that this podcast can keep going. And if you want to be just as cool as them and also have access to all the White Claw review videos, then definitely please go and join the Patreon link in bio. Ono's theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Katie Stahl and Mackenzie Haight. And the amazing cover art was done by Devante Burse, at Devante Burse on all socials, at designed by Devante on Instagram.